forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me. Because you died and rose again. Amazing love. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me. Because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can You might king would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. Amazing love, how can it be that you might king? Jesus, keep me near the cross. 
from Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor, Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around the table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem, and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of God. Let us pray. 
God is great. Great is the Lord and worthy to be praised. Lord, we humbly come before you this morning to worship and lift up your name and to laud your holy name. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for the many weaknesses and failures we've had. We thank you, O oh God, for your mercies. Lord, we pray that you will open our eyes so that we can see how to show love to others. So we can help to meet their needs and so we can find ourselves becoming involved. Help us to hear the cry of those around us. Help us to feel their needs just as keenly as we feel ours. Stir our hearts to reach out to the world, O oh God, around us. Help us, O oh Lord, to be obedient to your call. Give us the courage to do so. Give us the courage to do your will, O oh God. Many are your mercies towards us. So, Lord, we bring before you the families of this church and around us and those we know who are caring for the sick and loved ones. Families who are dealing with children with disabilities, mental illnesses, and those who are turning away from seeing your face, O oh God. We pray that you will enfold these families, my God, and help them to know that they are loved and help them to know that you walk with them. Lord, I just pray for this congregation, this church of ours. We are in a different place from where we were many years ago. Lord, the people around us, some of us, some of them knows us, some of them do not know you. I pray, O oh God, that the lives we live here, O oh Heavenly Father, will be a beacon to them and help them to come forward and come to know you as their savior and friend. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you will be with Pastor Joe this morning <clears throat> and always, O oh Heavenly Father, as he tries to bring us the word and as he tries to show us the way to go. And I just pray, O oh God, that you will be with him, give him strength, give him wisdom. I pray for all the people here today. I pray that they will be blessed within their hearts, O oh Heavenly Father. I pray that they will come to know you in a perfect way, in a very present way, in a way that they will understand that you love them and you want them to be yours. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless us this morning in your name. I ask these mercies. Amen. Thank you, Sylvia. Let the Hasher start coming. Adelaide can bring us to prayer, please. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Um, we come to you to to praise and worship you and also to to give you a portion of what you have given unto us. Father, in all that you have blessed us with, we just want to give you a portion of it. Thank you that you are a great God, oh God, and you are merciful and you are faithful and you are true to us. Thank you for health and strength, oh God. We pray that you may receive our offering, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen.
I hear these words a lot, and I hear them here a lot. Overwhelmed, overscheduled, exhausted. And I hear them from young and old, rich and poor, professional and those at home, conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Green Party, not so often from the marijuana party, but that's a whole nother story. But don't worry, folks. The Dr. Phil of life is here today. Come, gather at my table as crumbs of wisdom fall off. And you can gather it there with your expectant mouths open to learn from my wisdom on this particular subject. Do you know how hard it is for me to say that with a straight face? Most of you know that I wrestle with this trinity of dark words overscheduled, overwhelmed, exhausted. So I'm going to be a serious learner as we go on this series together on chasing the wind. 
And I know of only one person that Jesus zeroes in on throughout the Gospels who's got these things going on. Do you know who? I mean, Jesus had a lot of followers, but then he had an inner circle. And that inner circle were Peter, James, John. But he also had three dear friends, a brother and two sisters from a town called Bethany, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And the demands on Jesus, especially if you're reading through the book of Luke, Luke captures it, is, is the more he teaches, the more people want from him. The crowds are just growing and growing. And, and as he teaches more, he becomes more popular. People want more healings. People want more miracles. And in order to get away, in order to recharge from time to time, he would go and he would unwind at his friend's house in Bethany. So if you got your Bibles, if you're new to the Bible, there's Bibles in the seats in front of you. Turn with me to chapter 10 of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, page 1172. In the pew Bibles at least. Very, very familiar story to a lot of people. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So Jesus has had this period of busyness. He heads to Bethany, and when he arrives there, Mary's there to greet him at the door and says, hey, pull up a chair. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's catch up. What happens, Jesus, in Bethany? stays in Bethany. And Martha, she's like frantically doing all this physical, physical stuff to, to meet people's physical needs. And there's this division of labor. It's not good. And Martha blows a gasket. You ever been in one of those situations? You're, you're like having the most incredible conversation with someone. And there's work to be done. And someone else is really irritated that you're having this conversation. And so they start doing whatever it takes to interrupt your conversation. They start slamming doors. Maybe, uh, you know, kick the garbage over. Maybe make a whole bunch of racket in the kitchen because there's work to be done. Whatever they can do to interrupt you. And you got Martha here. She's just ticked. And she doesn't even address Mary. She addresses Jesus, Lord, don't you care? Lord, I don't know about you, but I think that is one of the funniest, most hilarious passages, statements in all of Scripture. The Trinity, one of the parts of the Trinity who came down to earth, took on human flesh, born in a stinking, filthy manger, stable. He's come to die for the sins of the world, be unfairly tried, tortured, then crucified, and then having all the sins of everyone who ever says yes to him dumped on him so that anyone who says yes to them can have access to God in heaven for all of eternity. Lord, don't you care? I think he cares. And then it gets worse. Mary, she's left me with all the work to do. And I, and I picture Martha with flour all over her face and with a rolling pin in her hand. Lord, don't you care? You tell her to help me. Order that lazy sister of mine back into the kitchen. And, and Jesus is there for some R&R. He's there and he's got this woman with the rolling pen who's losing it. And he's like, Martha, he says her name's twice emphatically, Martha, Martha, back the truck up. You're so worried, 
You're so worried. You're so upset about so many things. Notice Jesus doesn't accuse her of anything bad. He doesn't accuse her of anything bad. He's just making an observation. Martha, I've noticed that you're a little bit overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. You got many things that are occupying your mind. You're making this visit I'm having with you so much more complicated than it needs to be. Tell you all, whenever I stop by for a visit, let's just have a conversation. Let's just connect. Let's just connect. Let's just connect for friendship. Let me tell you something, Martha. If I wanted a five-star meal, hey, just last week, I fed 5,000 people. A little while back, it's been said, there's a reputation that's following around me that I make the nicest Marlowe on planet Earth. I was at a wedding, and it got rated really high in the Merlot as far as wine goes. I can make food and wine whenever I want. There's only one thing that's needed, Martha. Only one thing. Mary gets this. I'm not going to take it away from her. And this is the one thing. Whenever I come for a visit, it's for the exchange of love. I just want to have a conversation. That's the one thing. And I'm not going to send Mary into the kitchen to do a dozen things that are not even on my top ten list. Martha, why don't you come and sit down with us? Why don't you pull up a chair? Because what your heart is actually longing for, what it's really wanting, is the antidote to all that busyness and all that overscheduling and all that exhaustion that's going on in your life right now. And the antidote isn't keeping yourself busy in the kitchen. The antidote is not filling up your life with all sorts of stuff so that you can't have conversations. And they're always rushed conversations. It's what's going on with me and your sister. And Jesus is like, hey, let's get together. Let's sit down. Let's talk about how great the Father is. Let's talk about how deep his love is. Martha, put the rolling pin down. And let's talk. What's, what's so fascinating about how Luke's crafted this story is the story that happens just preceded, just before it, is the story of the Good Samaritan. And if you know the story of the Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan is all about what? helping those who are in need. It's an activist story. We need to do more. We need to help those who don't have. We've got to do it. But Jesus is like this. And check this out, especially if you're an activist. What he desires more than anything from his followers is to have a relationship. Unrushed, unhurried, let's sit down, pull up the lazy boy, and let's have a conversation. Let's get caught up with one another. How many of you here today know you are overscheduled, overwhelmed, and exhausted? Yeah, Yeah, me too. Do you think a sincere conversation with the one who loves you would be helpful? Do you think Jesus was right with how we responded to Martha? She needed to pull up a chair, unwind. Let's have a conversation. Let's begin a conversation with someone who can begin to restore your soul and take it away from that frenetic heart pace. So what do you guys do when you're overwhelmed, overscheduled, exhausted? Let me, let me say a couple things that are going to cheer you up today. You know who's got a bigger problem than you with being overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted? Pastors. Now, I brought a bucket here. It's full of water. Most of you don't believe me, but it is true. I'm not trying to fool you today. And this, this bucket represents... Your energy, your schedule, your passion, your stamina, how you're feeling right now. What does it feel like to you when your bucket is full? Feels good, doesn't it? 
feels really good. And, and when you're filled up even with God, in my own life, when I'm filled up with God, connected with God, I feel good. I feel great. When I'm filled up with God and I'm close to him and, and my bucket's full as well, I, I am actually excited about my family. And I'm excited about my kids and, and spending time with them and being with them. And, and I'm doing other things too. I'm praying right. I, 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 I'm, I'm eating right. I'm exercising right. When my bucket's full, believe it or not, believe it or not, this does not leave this room. What happens at Richview stays at Richview in the auditorium. I even like hockey a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. I, I know. Confessions. I'm at my best when my bucket is full. I'm at my best. I, I, I pray my best. I feel the presence of God my best. I'm more attentive to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. When I get in my elevator at the apartment building and I'm riding it up, I want to engage in conversation with anybody who comes in there, no matter how miserable and rushed they are. I, I, I look for every opportunity. I love even perfect strangers. I, I even like some of you more. I, I, unbelievable. I make better decisions. I make better rest decisions. I'm eager to do the Lord's bid, bidding. I'm eager to live the life Jesus has for me when my bucket's full. Do you think it's a good idea for my bucket to be full? Yes. I think so. I live life to the fullest. And, and when some of us even think about this today, that you're, thinking, you're thinking in nostalgic terms. You know, I remember back in 75 when my bucket was full. Those were the days. You can still have it today. This is not an age thing. It can be done. So I, you got the picture of what a full bucket looks like? Good enough, or do you want me to keep going? I, I can go. I can go more and more. But that's kind of like what a full bucket looks like to me. And you have no idea what I'm doing. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, uh. This is my first time doing this. I'm very excited. I'm the only one. Now, what does it look like when your bucket is empty. in case I wasn't baptized. <laughs> Jacques, let's do that welcoming, handshaking, and hugging now. Uh, now, what does it look like when the bucket is empty? I don't know about you, but one word that comes to mind is resentment. Right now, I'm resenting myself. I think of Martha. I think of her with that rolling pin. And when people's buckets are empty, they got no time for people. She's probably thinking in her head, my sister's a deadbeat. Why won't anyone help me in the kitchen? What's wrong with everyone? And, and like this resentment, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's us at our worst. And some of us, when our bucket's empty, man, we are so easily irritated. So easily irritated. The sound of a kid laughing is like fingernails on a chalkboard. Traffic is the abomination that causes desolation. Someone with 12 items in the 10-item checkout counter at the shopping center at the supermarket. Antichrist. <laughs> so easily irritated. I find, irrit I find people with a bucket empty. Prayer. Spending time with God. Giving. Or there's people who, when they, their buckets are empty, 
staff would actually attest to this one. They get like a mad, these kind of people, they get like a mad rhino. And they put their head down and they just put their nose to the grind and they work and they work and they work. And if they see other people frolicking or lollygagging or having a good time or having conversations, they're like, hey, why don't you step in my office? And they get in this mad rhino. Why isn't everyone working as hard as me? And, and, and what happens, I find with people who are depleted, with people with empty, empty buckets, their life gets scattered. Their lives fill with chaos. They start doing things that aren't even on their schedule. They're all over the place. They get all these plates spinning, and then they find they have to escape into things like pornography and movies and music and other things. I think the word we use in the 21st century is we call it numbing. And we will do anything to find escape and numb our senses that are so irritated. Someone who doesn't have energy, whose who's bucket's empty, when it comes to intimacy, they want it as easy as possible. And instead of pursuing it the right way, they start to pursue intimacy and go after it the wrong way, whether it's through the internet, whether it's through other means. When you're follow, if you find you're into that stuff, and I know I'm speaking to 80% of the men in this room and 50% of the women in this room, your bucket is empty. Your bucket's empty. Some of you, if you can believe this, you overspend your budgets when your bucket's empty. We call it retail therapy, I believe. And you go to the shopping centers and just spend, spend, spend. You think it's going to make you feel better. It really doesn't, especially when the visa bill comes in. Some, some of you, it, 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 it's affairs. And other things. It's fair to say, would it be fair to say we're not at our best when our buckets are empty? Would you agree with me? Yes. Martha was not at her best that day. I've had some of these moments. It's fascinating sometimes. It's happened a few times in my life. Heather gives me these clues that my bucket's empty. She's like, Joe, I think you need an alone day. And I'm like, what What? What are you talking? I got so much. And then I'm like, oh. And so I hop in the car. I can think of one instance. I hopped in the car. I start uh, driving out to the, to the to the 407 because I'm going to get out of the city as fast as I can. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, that associate pastor uh, and that children's and that, oh, that youth, oh, and those interns and oh, oh, and the congregation. And those things are going on in my mind. Don't worry, nothing about any of you in the room right now. And, and I get stuck on the 407 in a traffic jam. I'm paying money to be in a traffic jam. And I'm sitting there for two hours, hands clenched on the steering wheel, just fuming at the top. And I have this cesspool of resentment and anger. And then all of a sudden, God slaps me and hits me in the face and reveals to me my heart. I was so upset about not being able to rush I didn't have a deadline. I didn't have to be anywhere. I lost my compassion. I wasn't even being rational. What I had become, was I even a Christian? And that's the price of depletion. That's the price of an empty bucket. That's the price for us in Toronto in the 21st century if we're chasing the wind. Because you're never going to catch it. That's the price. I, I kind of felt like in that experience there, not that I know what it's like, but I've seen it a lot in movies, of that guy or girl who's just finished that walk of shame after a night of binge drinking and waking up beside someone they don't even know. That's what I felt like. Disgusted. What had I become? I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. So I've made some big decisions in my life. And it's hard to stick to them. But I know now that I'm going to disappoint a lot of people here because I can't do the things they want me to do. There are so many things to be doing around this church and this community that I am not going to do anymore because I can't. Because I don't want to be that way anymore. And I'm going to disappoint a lot of you and you're going to disappoint a lot of people too if you decide 
I'm going to wipe out overwhelmed, exhausted, and overscheduled from my vocabulary. You've got to fight back. If you ever find yourself at a point in your life, and maybe it's right now in this service, where you feel like you got the rolling pin in your hand, your temperature rising, you're so angry, you're so irritated, you're telling God what to do, you need to stop. You need to, you need to hear God say to you, hey, hey, Joe, hey, come grab a chair. Put your feet up. Let's have a conversation. Let's connect with me. Now that we're all depressed right now, let's talk about some solutions, shall we? All right. What do you and I need to do in order to pour new streams of replenishment into our bucket? That's a great question. And that's the kind of questions I hope today and from henceforth you're always asking. Let's take a few minutes and just talk about those things. What can we do? How do we move from a depleted state to a full state? I'd encourage you today, even now, because if you walk out of here thinking this way, then mission accomplished. Brainstorm. Sit with others. What are things in my life? And if you have no idea, talk to others that are going to replenish my bucket, that work. Come up with strategies. How do you, and also, how do you keep it at that level? I want to give you two homework assignments. And this whole series you're going on is going to be full of homework. First of all, I made it really easy for you today. If you've got your notes, there's a picture of a bucket. If you don't like that picture, draw one. You don't have to do it right now, but you can. But take, take some time, whether today, maybe at the end of the service, and draw a line about how full is your bucket right now? How full is your bucket? Is it really low? Is it full? But, and if you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm not going to do that, Pastor Joe. Why don't you take a flying leap? Then could you come down after the service, and I'll draw your line for you because I know exactly where it is. But take some time and do that. And secondly, come up with a custom design that works for you. Come up with strategies. What are things I need to do in order to keep my bucket filled? When your bucket's getting low, and these things are going to be unique to you, what are the things I need to do to stay with a full bucket? I just want to take a couple minutes and talk about solutions I've been working on in my life. The single most replenishing dynamic in my life is making my highest priority to stay as close to God as I possibly can. That's the single most replenishing thing for my bucket. So easily. I, when I feel God's love, when I feel the Holy Spirit bubbling inside of me, when I feel him prompting, when I feel sometimes I'm walking along physically and God redirects me down another path, that's when I'm at my best. It's the single most replenishing dynamic in my life to be walking firmly hand in hand with God. It means so much to me. I, if I get this one right, my bucket can be like almost empty. And if I have this moment, my bucket's full. You ever had one of those moments where God just fills you up, even though maybe you're physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted, and you connect with him, you sit and you lounge with him, and you go from quarter to filled in a matter of seconds. When I'm right with God, it simplifies my life. It tunes out all the noise. It tunes out all the distractions. It tunes out, most importantly, I find what other people think of me and want of me. When I'm right with him, when I'm in that chair, when I'm talking to him, it, it helps me stop doing the things that I think are so important but really don't matter in the scheme of things. Do you know how much energy many of us here expend doing impression management, trying to look good in front of other people. And God's like, no, 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 just come sit with me at the chair. I can carve that stuff away. When I'm good with God, when I'm spending time with God, I want to encourage you tonight, a prayer, uh, spending time with God, something that's even off your radar, come join us at 7 for prayer. Come gather with others and pray together. Get encouraged that way. I want to stay as close to God as I possibly can. Second thing, this is a big one, but family. Family is such a replenisher in my life. If that's helpful to you, great. Maybe it's not, but in the book of Psalms, it's a great verse there, which was read from this morning. Psalms. 
127, verse 3, it says this, Sons and daughters are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Yes, children are a gift from God. And if you're not with your kids today, parents, you're overscheduled. You're overscheduled. Number three, uh, third thing that replenishes me in my life, satisfying work. Satisfying work. Ecclesiastes 5 says this, You ever notice, by the way, with family, I noticed this about my, great, my parents, my parents. They have like this amazing amount of energy for the grandchildren. Have you, I don't know if you've noticed that with grandparents. They have like this boundless energy. So I remember asking my mom and dad, how come you didn't have that kind of energy for me when I was younger? And they're like, because Joe, you depleted our bucket. Now that we've had 20 years to recover, our bucket's full, we're ready to go again. <laughs> well said, well said. Yeah. Number three, work. Ecclesiastes 5.18. And then I realized that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot. If you find your job is actually sucking the life out of you, pray. I'd be praying about it because you might not be in the right job. I find people who live life with a full bucket have a job that's meaningful and it's replenishing in their lives. And I'm not encouraging anybody to go quit their job today or tomorrow, but I would definitely be, if you're in that place, to be praying about it and thinking about it, being spending time in prayer. Fourth thing that replenishes my bucket is recreation. Recreation, if you didn't know, it means to recreate. It's finding something. It could be a hobby, something that allows you to just maybe work a different set of muscles and, and, and just enjoy, brings vitality. Jesus, and we got a great example of him in Matthew 14. Matthew 14, 13, it says this. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew to, by boat privately to a solitary place. He does this a lot. He gets alone. He needs to recharge his batteries. He's around people all the time. And so in order to recreate himself, bring vitality, he gets alone and allows his body to discharge. So what does it look like to recreate in your life? And last one, for me, replenishes me. It's exercise. I don't know if we talk, we don't talk about this enough in church, but exercise is so important. I used to feel horrible running. Now I can go running for hours, get completely lost. Do you know how much fun it is to call Heather and say, hey, come pick me up? I have no idea where I am. (laughs) Happens a lot. Where am I? Why do I bring that one up? Studies show that you increase your productivity by 20% if you exercise regularly. 20%. You're going too long depleted and in a death cycle if you're not stewarding this body God's given you. He's got a different plan for you. Some of us today, we need to apologize to our spouses. We need to apologize to our families for our waywardness for being so overscheduled, so irritated. It is so amazing. Maybe you need to apologize to Father God. It is so amazing what happens when you reach out to him. When you say, I'm sorry. You say, I want to just sit down and reconnect. Maybe some of you are looking like, man, I don't know about this replenishing thing, but maybe I'll sit with someone else and maybe I can be a replenisher in their life. And maybe you need to sit down with someone even after the service and say, will you be a replenisher in your life? Or my life, I'll be a replenisher in your life. Because you're at your best, I would argue, if your bucket's full. Following communion today, I know some of you might have social obligations and you need to get out of here, but I would encourage you after communion, which we're going to go to in a minute, is just to grab that piece of paper and sit down maybe with someone beside you and just ask each other questions about what are those soul-nurturing replenishers I need to put back in my life so I can live life with a full bucket.
do business with God. Spend a bit of time just thinking about that bucket and what kind of replenishing streams you can put into it today. I want to be as helpful as I can over these coming weeks because I'm going on this journey through this series as well. And I hope for my own life it it's, it's, continues to be life-altering, and I hope so for you as well. Can we pray? God, if anyone here is living on empty, deplete it, irritate it, give them that misguided conviction today that today it ends. Give us this sense that this is our responsibility. That this is our life and our responsibility. God, give us this sense that this week we are committed to filling our buckets and that we're committed to living the right path that you designed us to live for.